Ever feel like you've got to get your should together? Is your should about to hit the fan? Have you been sitting in your shoulds for most of your life wondering if you could be more, see more, or do more? Welcome to Shut the Should Up with Candace Payne and Jenny Randall. We're both authors and speakers who want to stomp out your flaming bag of should. With a whole lot of faith, together, let's sort through the pain, purpose, and promise to find freedom in the things we tell ourselves we should and should not do. Because there's so much more in you. Hey, 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 everybody, (laughs) welcome to episode one. Candace and I are so excited you're here. Are you guys ready? Let's jump on in. This is a part of the show where we rapid fire the things we're so thankful for throughout the week. Set the clock for 30 seconds. On your mark, get set. Confetti like praise. Jungle peanut water ice cream. Tacos. Uh, New adventures. Pug kisses. (laughs) My kids learning new skills that I didn't have to teach them myself. Oh, stretchy pants that come up high-waisted for women over 40. Yes. Coffee. Coffee. Hard drives that are external and can be backed up. Technology, for sure. Oh, a good mug that actually... Oh! What was your last one? It was a good mug that can actually hold all of your coffee and your foam and your caramel syrup. Because that's... You know, when it kind of overflows and you're like, Daggum, it's such a cute mug, but it doesn't fit all my coffee. Yeah. I have a coffee mug the size of my face, so I feel good about that one. So good. You may be wondering what this week's should is about. And you know, Candace and I were wondering if you've ever felt like you said too much, or maybe you've been in a situation where you should have said something and spoken up. Before your shoulds hit the fan and you're left wondering if your voice or moments of remaining voiceless even matter. In today's show, we are going to find freedom from all that should. One of the things we're excited to do in the process of finding freedom together is to give you guys a voice and to highlight you. We've invited you to call in and leave us messages, and boy, did you ever. And if you, too, want to leave us a message, you can call 315-308-0163. But for now, take a listen to Bryn, one of the callers who is really kicking off this topic well for us. You called in with your questions. You shared with us your shoulds. We just want to listen. And maybe we can do some good. You said what? Jenny and Candace, what's up? This is Bryn Champ calling you from Nashville, Tennessee. I am so excited about this podcast. What I want to say, what you should do is remember that you have a voice. No matter what the lie tells you, that you should keep quiet or be silent or whatever fear says to you to keep you from sharing your message, I would like to say you should always use your voice. Love you guys. It really is amazing the things that we tell ourselves that we should and shouldn't do. The things that we constantly play on repeat in our heads. Come on now, what do we say? 
All right, Jenny, I want to know, I want to hear what is your, I should have said something moment. Okay, man, this is the part that I'm feeling nervous about because this is a section of the show where we're going to be real and vulnerable and hopefully not cry too much. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see what happens. So my, I should have kind of has been an overarching theme of finding my voice and learning how to speak up. I was in a dysfunctional relationship in my 20s during those college years. Mm. Oh, the worst. Weren't we all, though? <laughs> oh, good. I feel so not so not alone. But I don't know if it did this for you, but for me, it diminished my voice. Mm. And it made me feel uh, worthless, if we're being honest. You know what? We could honestly camp here for hours. I'm not going to, but I wonder how many listeners right now, that statement that you just said, they identify with immediately. They've been in a relationship that has diminished their voice. Yeah. That's huge. It's huge. Yeah. And it's painful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because in, in it, I'm like, oh, I have all my stuff together. And then once you're out of it on the other side, you're like, wait a minute, that wasn't right. Mm -hmm. What happened over here? Mm -hmm. So that was early 20s. So I became a Christian at 18. And I remember I always felt this call to go into ministry. And I didn't know what that looked like. I was in media at the time. And so I was like, oh, must be like media ministry, like helping with tech at a church or doing something like that. So I actually got my dream job uh, a little after my husband and I got married. And it was for a church. So I'd go in and I'd do my work and I'd do really good and I'd leave. And for months, this went on, and it, I blamed it on being an introvert, but I didn't make connections with people because I didn't find value in my voice. And it held me back in the things God had called me to do because I just had this mentality like, well, I'm just going in to do my work. I don't need to connect with people. I don't need to to be like, here I am. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was just this weird thing, and, and I find it ironic. Not ironic. It's so God, right? But now, 10 years later, or however long it's been, yeah. I'm an author and a speaker, and I, <laughs> right? I help others find their voice because God did such a work in me yeah. where I realized, man, this is really uncomfortable. Why is it so hard for me to put myself out there and make new connections with people? And things God orchestrated. Like, he wanted these moments for me, and I just would shrink back mm. and not step into it. You know, I always say that um, if God is really the author and the perfecter of our faith, his greatest writing tool must be irony. It must be. Yeah. (laughs) Because I see his hand move like that so many times in my own personal life where I'm like, goodness, it's so ironic. All the things I said I would never do, all the things that I thought I already knew. And he's like, let me just show you the reality of what I've been working behind the scenes that are those you know, good works prepared in advance for you that Ephesians talks about. Um, There's something I want to ask you about what you just said, though. There was a moment that that switched in you. And when did you feel that switch? Because I feel like a lot of people are listening right now and they're probably in the midst of, you're right, my voice doesn't matter. I don't need to make connection. And I would dare say, and I'm going to assume this, but you know what happens when we assume. So correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But you probably felt like your voice could be expressed in other areas, especially being a creative. Because you probably think, well, I'm doing a great job with my work. So there's my voice. They're seeing it in the things that I'm putting out. Yeah. But what clicked inside you? Do you remember that moment that you thought, you know what? I need this. I need to connect and I need to really shut this should down of where I don't feel like I I should be able to speak freely. I, I was wrestling with 
my quote unquote calling and what this ministry thing looked like. And I remember just really praying and crying out to God and, and being like, God, I, who am I to do that? Like, who am I to speak up? Yeah. And I felt like God said, who do you think I am? And that shifted everything for me because I was making it about me. Wow. You know? Yeah. And when he said that, it's like, oh, well, I think you're bigger than my circumstance. I think you're bigger than my shame. I think you're bigger than my self-perceived faults, like all these things. And God just flipped it. And it's like it it, wow. it really shifted my perspective off of myself and gave me confidence to walk in the things he's called me to do because he knows what's up. Like he yeah. knows yeah. the purpose he has for my life. Yeah. And it wasn't to settle into that shame. It wasn't to settle into that insecurity. Does it come back up at times? Of course, because I'm a human and I'm flawed. Yeah. We're all in process, right? So I process through it. And mm. it's just a reminder of how much dependency I have on God and how much I need him in my life yeah. to lead it. I think that you pointed out two incredible things, that shame and insecurity were factors in in the should. And I feel like... There are so many people that wrestle with that, Jenny. Like you're you're tapping on something phenomenal because I think people find themselves in the middle of, I'm not secure in the calling that God's given me. I'm not secure in my identity and who God's made me to be. I don't even really know who I am through his lens. Or they struggle through shame and they go, uh, if you knew who I really was. Yeah. <laughs> not even just, I, yeah, I know who I am confidently in God, but then you've got the other extreme of, if you knew who I really was, then I, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to speak up. I don't deserve a voice. Because how many of us wrestle with that daily where we're going, if you only knew who I really was, you wouldn't want this from me. Or I don't know who I am, so I don't have the confidence to give you the best of me. And that needs to be shut up and found freedom from immensely. Yeah. So, you know, um, everyone listening, Candace and I, we travel around separately, mm -hmm. speaking at churches and different events and things like that. And and oftentimes we'll offer prayer at the end, or I don't know if you do that too, Candace, but I'm sure you pray over women if they want. I do it if they don't want. <laughs> they do. <laughs> yeah, girl. Mm, that's why I love you. So there was this one time this woman came up for prayer and she had so much, I'm going to cry. Oh, oh we're already oh. happening. She had so much shame mm. because of her past drug addictions. Wow. And there was so much shame. Wow. She could not look in my eyes at all when she was talking. And I remember I said, I need you to look at me. And she couldn't. Mm. And I'm like, I need you to look at me. And she looked at me. And I just, I mean, God filled my mouth and I just began saying like, you are so worth it. Your life has significance. And like just began prayerfully speaking the hope and promise she had yeah. because of Jesus. And at the end of that moment, we hugged it out and it was powerful for the both of us. Mm -hmm. And she walked away with her head a little bit higher. The thing that I heard the most just now was there was so much shame. She couldn't look you in the eye. And one thing that I know for sure about shame is this, is it just doesn't tell you what you've done wrong. It tells you, you are the things that you've done wrong. That is the difference between shame and conviction. It's that, it's that huge monumental difference that unless we know that going in, we could sit in shame and should ourselves all of our life. I should be quiet. I shouldn't serve. I shouldn't get up and, and speak. I shouldn't, I mean, fill in the blank because shame begins to reveal something to you that you're not. 
you know, conviction's different for us. The Holy Spirit convicts us and he corrects us and he leads us in all truth. And those things, they are never to harm us, but the scriptures tell us that it's, it's to work things out for all good. And what shame does is a complete opposite. And I think a lot of times we have those encounters where God's speaking to us and telling us to move, telling us to speak, telling us to shout even sometimes. I feel like there's a lot of things that hold us back from really doing the things that God wants us to do. And that shame is a nasty beast. And I wish if more than anything, what we've been talking about just now, that women will find freedom from shame because it's not who they are, what they've done. It's not. It's not. Man, Jenny, that was powerful. That was good. Candace, I think you did the perfect parallel to our stories because I know a little of what you're going to share, but your story is more rooted in conviction Mm. rather than shame. So tell us about the time you should have said something. Well, mine was actually recent. I wish I could say it was in my mid-20s because then I feel a little (laughs) bit removed from it. But mine was actually really recent. not many people know this, but my husband lost his father a few years back. And it was one of my hardest days being a wife to deliver that news to him. I thought I would never have to tell my husband, your father has passed away. Um, and very unexpectedly and very quickly. And now we're a few years removed. We're around Father's Day this year. And every Father's Day is an indicator that, oh, we're going to have some different emotions to walk through. And just be on alert. Just be ready, you know. Um, not saying that we have an anger brawl or, you know, anything like that, but just be sensitive. And it just so happened that my husband took our son to a baseball game out here in Texas. And it was the last of the season that they're going to have in this particular, particular stadium. And then they're going to tear it down or ballpark. Forgive me, sports people listening right now. (laughs) I am not a moron with sports. I just pretend to be one. Um, (laughs) But they're about to tear it down. They're about to build the new one. So it's kind of like nostalgic just in the fact that that's happening. But my husband's telling me this beautiful story when I get back in town of how he took him to this game and they connected. And like he even used this flowery language that my husband doesn't normally use. He said, I heard the crack of the bat and I smelled the grass and like the heat on my face. It felt like a hot blow dryer. And it reminded me of summers that I'd spent with my dad. And here I am. I've got Duncan. He's the same age as I was. And he said, and I just lost it. He said, I I covered my face with my ball cap and I cried. Mm. He said, I cried for about, you know, a good 20 minutes, just this grown man crying. And you know what I did? It was so great. It was so great. I said, well, you ready to go to bed? Literally did not even acknowledge his story because I was tired. I was travel worn. I'd had a seven hour layover and I'm sitting here thinking, we're going to do this now. And all I want to do is go to bed. And not only that, but then my husband left for work the next day. So I had no time to acknowledge that moment, acknowledge that story, validate his emotions, speak any kind of hope or love or encouragement to him. It was just, okay, I'm tired. Let's go to bed. And I was riddled with, oh my gosh, I should have spoken up. I should have said him, I'm so sorry you went through that. I'm so proud of you being the dad that you are to our son. I'm so thankful you're who you are now because of those moments and who you're making our son to be because of those moments. And I didn't. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you, we went 
maybe a day or two, and it just was eating me up on the inside. Candace, you should have said something. You should have said more. And I'm thinking, well, the moment passed and he's never like that. So is he going to get back in that spot as easily? Or is he going to blow me off now because I blew him off? Were you wrestling through these thoughts as you were praying or was it just in the back of your mind? Like, what do I do? What do I do? Oh, gosh, it was in the back of my mind while I was making fajitas. I mean, I'm sitting here thinking these things through and it's eating me up, you know? Yeah. And I'd just be watching a movie with the kids and it would come up again with, you should have, hey, you should have acknowledged that. And I, I do attribute that to conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I think that that's where he says, you've got a second chance. You've got a second chance to speak up. And this is where I feel like what we're talking about today, sometimes there are stifled relationships because of the things that we don't say. Mm. There are damaged relationships because of the things we left un- we leave unsaid. And for me, my shut the should up was the fact that I, well, I shouldn't say anything because, you know, it's t- late and I'm tired and I'm agitated and I want to go to bed. And that sounded great and pretty, but I just feel like if people knew there was an opportunity to recapture moments that you feel like you've missed or messed up. There's so much freedom in that. You know, my husband, I told him over the phone, hey, listen, I didn't handle that well. You really opened up to me and I feel so sorry about that. And he was like, oh, it's no big deal. Um, And we were on the phone on FaceTime having that conversation because now he's out of town. He got back in town about four days later. And the first thing when the kids went to bed, I looked at him again and I doubled down. I said, I know we already talked about this, but I need you to know. I am so grateful for who you are. I am so grateful that that was a moment that you had that you were able to share with me. And do you know what I'm, what that did? That didn't just silence a a thing in me to be like, oh, great. Now I won't feel conviction over that. That is literally laid foundation for us to open up more conversations. And we've had, and, and you know, we're talking 17 years married. And this is where we're still learning how to communicate. We're still learning the things that we should speak up about. And I don't know if anybody in their marriage has ever felt like this, but there are things that go unsaid all the time that you probably think I should just tell them, even if they're sweet things. Why don't you, why don't we want to speak the sweet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But do you know how life giving that is for your marriage and for your family when you just, you don't just think the thought of, I'm so proud of them. I'm so grateful for them. But then you actually speak it out loud. Yeah. Those are the things I wish that I would have said out loud and I would have spoken up and I should have spoken up. And I'm trying to change. I mean, just to be honest, I'm trying to get better at those moments every single moment. That's so good, Candace. And I think too, noticing that in your friendships or your relationship with your kids or your parents, those are the moments that can shift somebody's day yeah. when we acknowledge those great feelings that we have for them. And so let's let's overanalyze your situation here for a minute. So you <laughs> Thank you, Counselor Jenny. That's <laughs> what I do best. Yeah. You were tired. You were like, I gotta go to bed. Yeah. So you in an essence just kind of brushed it under the rug. Would you have that had that level of conviction if you said hey, can we, I really want to dive into this more. Can we talk about it tomorrow? Cause I'm so tired. Would that have been an alternative solution? Or do you think you had to be fully present in that moment? You know, I would say this, there are things where I feel like we are given an opportunity to step into a moment 
regardless how we feel. Now I've heard it. I've heard the halt phrase my whole life. You know, don't do anything when you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Uh, I've never heard that. You've never heard that halt? (laughs) Oh my gosh, that is life to your bones right now. Write that down. H-A-L-T. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And so for me, I default on, well, for my mental health, my emotional health, I'm just halting in this moment and being like, peace out. Mm. But then I also remember, I don't know my days and I don't know the opportunities I'm going to be given. And sad to say, I've actually experienced moments where I should have spoken up some encouragement to family members and I didn't and they're gone. Mm. And I know that probably I'm not the only one that's felt that that's listening right now. And when I say I should have spoken up, I kind of feel like anytime you have that nudge in you to encourage, do it. You don't know. You don't know your days. You don't know the hours and you don't know that what is guaranteed to you to be able to say it again. Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like something's in me that that's switching and shifting to go. I don't know what I have that's going to amount to much for tomorrow, but I know in this moment, I feel this. I need to experience this. That's good. It's, it's good, but it's hard. It's something I'm trying to do. And I got to tell you, I fail at it probably 60% of the time. I think what we all should be learning is to how to be fully present in those moments. Mm. Yes. And that requires us speaking up and speaking out. Yeah. Nobody can know what we think. Nobody can know what um, we, we are really feeling unless we tell them. I mean, God's the only one that really knows those things, but not even our kids. They, they don't know how proud we are of them. And I can't tell you how many people I've met where they've said, I never heard my dad say they're proud of me. I've never heard my mom say they're proud of me. Wow. And I know as a parent, that's not true. If you're a parent at all, you're proud of your kids. At some point, you're like, man, yes, they got it. Yeah. Let's just talk about potty training. Glory, hallelujah. You can you can go by yourself. Praise God. I'm proud of you. Yeah. But just to never hear those moments, I think there's so much freedom in knowing we have a voice. We should speak up and we can encourage others because in, in the end, it only strengthens our intimacy. So true. And even within our voice, not only encouraging others, but having the confidence when you are discouraged within a relationship or there's conflict mm. rather than just internalizing it and overanalyzing <laughs> what other the other person's thinking actually <laughs> taking the step further and being a little uncomfortable to be vulnerable and be like hey that whatever really hurt my feelings i am shaking a hanky a church hanky for the real legit you just pulled it out where <laughs> you could speak truth on that all day long because i will tell you I think the biggest block to the intimacy I've ever experienced in my marriage was just simply not telling my husband how I felt. Yeah. And I'm talking about every single area of intimacy. If I would have simply spoken up and told him what my needs, my expectations, my wants were, it would have solved many a hurt. Yeah. Many a hurt. So I have this one friend that called me out on something the other day. Oh, you just being coy? Is that me? Are you trying to? No, no, no. No, but I give you full permission to be that friend. Oh my gosh, I would die if I was like secret. I had that one friend, quote unquote. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> I would love it if you did. But but that's the point. She she ha- holds space in my life mm. to call me up and be like, hey, I was concerned about this thing. Yeah. 
I think speaking up takes some vulnerability. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I just feel like we would all do well to be a little bit more vulnerable every day. And it's, it takes courage to be vulnerable, but it's worth it every single time. Okay, sometimes there are things we should not say, like the times we say things we regret, or when you yell at your kids, or maybe even your husband, Mm -hmm. or perhaps that one time that random kid asked if I was pregnant when I was not. Girl, that happened to you? That happened to me Tuesday. (laughs) Get out. Uh, I'm kidding. No, that was a lie. That was a straight up lie. I was going to say Oh, gosh. There are some things you should not say. Shouldn't say it. (laughs) And I'm sure we've all been there. So, Candice, in this segment, we want to hear your story time. Oh, my story time for things that I should not say comes from Candice when she was in her late teens, early 20s, which you could only imagine was wonderful, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) For my friends that actually know me, they're like, oh, God, I was there. And they probably can attest to this story. So I thought back in the day, your mama jokes were hilarious. Listen, we've grown as a society to know things that you should and should not say. But I will tell you what I said that was the most inappropriate, your mama joke, to the most inappropriate time and person. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm nervous too. I'm nervous for my confession. (laughs) But listen, confession is good for the soul. It heals. Yep. So I was riding a long trip in a van with about 15 to 20 people. We were all staffers for a summer youth camp. And we'd been driving all the way through the night. And we'd been eating corn nuts and sunflower seeds and all the snacks that you can imagine on a road trip. And we'd been saying Pee Wee Herman movie quotes. And we would, you know, I mean, it's like... We had just finally nodded off at about 1.30, 2 a.m. in the morning because we're college kids. We'd only been asleep for maybe 30, 45 minutes. And I was on a roll with all of my mama jokes. And the camp owner and director, the man that writes our checks, the one that hired us and validates our spiritual authority to be in the position we are in, opens up the van doors, wakes everybody up and says, everybody out, take a potty break. Throw away any trash that you have because it smells awful in here. Just go ahead and throw it away. (laughs) And I, in my half asleepness, woke up and kind of looked at him and I said, too bad your mama's not here. We could take her out with the trash. (laughs) No. And here's the deal. That came from half asleep, Candace. (gasps) That's awful. It's awful. That hurts so bad. Oh, my God. It hurt. It hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. And here's the deal. His response was like flawless and effortless and momentaryless. He goes, well, you're fired. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was half asleep. I'm sorry. I've been saying your mom jokes. I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. Your mom's not trash. I love your mom. Brenda's amazing. And then I'm like crying and confessing like all this. And he's like, Candace, I'm just kidding. Go back to sleep. But seriously, get your trash. And don't say your mama jokes anymore this summer. And I'm like, your mama. And I get out and get the trash. You know, I mean, I just didn't have that filter. And listen, there 
I, I share this story because I'm hoping there are people that they either feel like, God, at least I'm not as bad as Candace. I hope you feel like that right now. I hope you find some hope in that moment. But I also hope too, that if you've screwed it up royally, that you know that you can come back from it, that it's redeemable. You know, I mean, we all have moments where we shouldn't have said something, but apologies are great. And I could go deeper, but I didn't want to today. I just wanted to tell you that that moment was real. It happened. And it is the first thing I think of when I think of what should I have not said. Um, that was it right there. As a matter of fact, that's when your mama jokes died in Candace's vocabulary. I was like, never again, never again, never again. Oh man. Well, too bad your mom's not here. <laughs> he said, what? He said, what? He said, what? Say it again, say it again. He said, what? Every topic on the show, we want to take time to focus on the bigger picture of how Christ fits into all of this, y'all. We don't just want to tell you what our shoulds were, what our shouldn'ts are, and what they have been. We really want to focus on what does scripture say about this. So Jenny, you've got today's He Said What. Tell us. Yeah, so for me, my freedom and my voice grew stronger when I really started understanding the whole message of the gospel, which is Jesus being the center of my life, not me being the center of the universe. <laughs> and I know we I know we touched on that a little bit earlier, but from that place of really like leaning into that, my healing and process of understanding how even God wired me and my personality and just so much began to emerge when I started understanding who the role Christ was mm. in my life at such a deeper and more intimate level. It's all about you, Jesus. Come on. Oh, we're going to have to pay royalties. I'm going to stop right there. Uh, that was it. That was a sample. <laughs> sample. Don't sue us. But that was good. Don't. Yeah. So there's so much freedom mm. to find your voice. I mean, we don't pursue Jesus so we can get our voice. But in the pursuit of Jesus pursuing you, you find out who you are. Because God is who he says he is. We can know who we are. And I really love that idea of knowing more of what he says about who he is, because you think of it this way. He is the literal answer to all that we need. Yeah. So if we know his character, then we know what our need is. I think sometimes we can't even identify our need, but if we can know what he is, then we got to know that he fulfills a need in us because he says he's the shepherd. So therefore we know that we need to be led. We need to be kept. We need to be hemmed in. There are things that we can discover fully from scripture about what we even need just by knowing what he says about the topic. You know, today, the big thing that I think we both agreed on, it was a, it was a scripture that was Proverbs 18, 21, found in the Passion Translation. And I'm just going to read it. But if people want to, you know, pull it up on their Bible app while they're listening, they can do that too. Yep. It says, your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And then the second part of the verse says, the talkative person will reap the consequences. Literally what you say, how you talk, it will either kill or it will either give life. You're going to reap the consequences of that. And so if you're saying things that bring life to the places that you are, that's what scripture tells us. You will reap, you will get it in return. If you're saying things that are harmful and that are killing life and sucking life out of the people around you, you're going to reap that. Yeah. You know I I can't tell you how many people I've met and they're just like, I just wish I had more joy. I mean, that's, that's kind of my whole thing is 
finding and discovering joy, but here's the real reality of it. I can tell you how much joy you have by how well you speak of yourself and how well you speak of the word of God and how well you speak of others Yeah. or how not well, all those three categories as well. You know, I mean, it, it depends on what are you saying? Because what you say is really what you do believe. Yeah. I mean, it, it filters into your actions. That's good. So I love that how scripture just flat out tells us your words are so powerful. They kill or they give life. And listen, that may shut some people down. That may be like, well, I ain't saying nothing. Well, that stuff will eat you on the inside too. Then you keep all those thoughts inside. I just say wrestle with whatever you need to wrestle with out loud with somebody trusted and with the word of God as a mirror. Hold that thing up. When you wrestle with the word of God, you're you're being the healthiest version of yourself to be able to speak oh. out when you feel called to speak out. That is so good. Say that again. Tweetable. Girl, I forgot what I said. When you wrestle with the word of God, when you wrestle with the word of God, you are being the best, best version of yourself. The healthiest. The healthiest version of yourself. Ooh, I think we need to do like a whole digest of that, like break down and, and chew on that because that's huge. What do you mean by that? When you're wrestling with the word of God, you're being the healthiest version of yourself. Explain that. So if you're wrestling with the word of God, you're not always going to agree with what it says, mm. but it's truth. Yes. So we have to conform to look more like that and sometimes it gets uncomfortable in the process. Goodness. We can try to morph the truth of God to fit into societal norms or be something we're not supposed to be. But at the end of the day, Ooh. if you're wrestling for truth and you're you're looking at yourself through the lens of this is what God says, you're going to want to change. You're going to want to repent when you should have said something or you didn't or, or, you know, like it's good. And that's when we can be the healthiest version of us. Oh, that's a good word. That gave me some good goosebumps. I love that. Let's wrap up this thought. You can, you can give life with your words. So we want to challenge you guys to, to dive into that thought and ask God, really pray about it. Ask God, what, what life-giving words do you have for me? And then boldly speak them out. And whether it's for a friend, for a husband, for your kids. And I think you'll see it starting to transform relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And if you feel as though you have a word that can offer life, I would say demystify the process of hearing from God. If it's a scripture, just write it out, put it somewhere visible so that you can see it and remember it for yourself. Or if it's comforting, if it's encouraging, if it strengthens somebody to do the will of God and walk in his freedom, say it. Just feel the freedom. Speak up. Say it. That's a good challenge. And if you decided to do that, why don't you give, give us a call and tell us what happened? Yes. Our show is interactive. We want to hear from you. We, we're like on this process with you guys. If you do this and give us a call, 315-308-0163. We want to hear a, your yay God moment. Share it. Absolutely. You said but This isn't the only should we're focusing on the show. Connie, a listener, left us a voicemail. Take a listen. Hi, my name's Connie, and I should be more productive at home on my days off and shouldn't be so lazy. <laughs> Thanks, girls. 
next week. We cannot wait to talk about this more. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. Candace, you are an expert at buying stuff that bring you joy. I am. You should buy it. All right, today we are going to be looking at in-ear headphones that are wireless. Should you buy them? Listen, I don't know about you, but I feel like a social shaming if I don't have an AirPod in my ear. (laughs) And I don't know, is it more appropriate to have two or just one dangling down? Do you feel more holy if you have both of them or do you just have to have one of them? I don't know. I'm like, what is going on here? And they're so daggum expensive. So here's the deal. I have a pair of AirPods and I also have this other brand that's not as expensive. I'm going to ask, should you buy this? Should you buy the AirPods or should you buy what I love to call Raycon eardrums? And for me, I've had them both. And I want to share with you because, you know, I mean, people like to know, what do I like to buy? Because listen, a little mask that I bought (laughs) ended up doing pretty well. From the joy that I got from it. So let me just share with you a little joy. We are in no way sponsored by either Apple, AirPods, or Raycon eardrums on this. We have to make that clear. This is just Candace's opinion. Yep. But I do I do want to add, if you do want to sponsor us, <laughs> holler at your girl. Continue. Way to speak up, Jenny. Your should was wonderful. No, I will say this. Apple, we love you. Raycon, we love you. But if I'm going to put them to the test, I will tell you, I equally love them both for different reasons. I would say, depending on your need, if you're a traveler and you feel like you need to shut the world out, go for the Raycons. Eardrums, they're the best for that and they fit fit so well. And then the AirPods, I would say they're worth the money if um, you're going to use them daily. If you're one of those that you're like, I need this daily. Um, otherwise I say, just go for the Raycons. Just do it. So should I buy it? Yeah. Hey, let's pray. Friends, this show is designed to empower you to find freedom from the things that you tell yourself you should or shouldn't do. This week we've been talking about, I should have spoken up. I should have said something. So before we leave, we want to honestly encourage you the the best way that we know how, and that's to go to the one that we believe has all the wisdom, all the answers, all the freedom at his hand, ready to give. I mean, if I'm even basing this on scripture, there's a scripture in the Psalms that tells us, that the path of life is laid out before me and in your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so the things that we need are right there available to us. So as we close out, we just want to pray for you. We want to encourage you and we want you to find freedom this week from the things that you should or shouldn't say. God, we love our listeners. We love you. And we just come and we say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being the one that gives us words and wisdom when we need them the most. Thank you for prompts to speak up. Thank you for the things that you shut down in us when they should be shut down. Thank you for those moments that you control our ideas and our thoughts to have your thoughts replace them. The things that are true and good. God, thank you for being a father that loves us, that loves each other. And that honestly, when I look at your son, Jesus, how he prayed, he's asked us to be one as you and him are one. So God, I pray that we would have that unity spirit in all that we do by the things that we say and by the things that we hold still and deep in our hearts. 
And for listeners today, if they've discovered something that they connected with and they felt maybe just a deep sorrow, uh, maybe an identification that they've walked through themselves and they're thinking, God, I don't know where to go from here. All of this sounds great, but what's next? God, would you give them a passion for your word? Would you give them a passion for your truth? Because you are the greatest truth teller. You are the greatest restorer. You are the greatest equalizer. You are the greatest unifier. And so we depend on you to do a work that we know only you can do. And all of us that listen to this, including myself, including my friend Jenny, God, move in a way that we know that you desire in the things that we say and in the things that we shouldn't say. Yeah, God, and I just want to lift up those that feel voiceless and almost like they have a muzzle on, Lord. I just pray that you break that off right now in the name of Jesus and that the pain, the sorrow, the shame, whatever was holding or binding back them from, from even fighting for their voice, Lord, I pray for a looseness right now that they begin the fight to find their voice, find their footing, all in your name, Jesus. Will you help them to find that and to discern your will in their life, like Candace said, God. And I just pray for the voiceless to begin to roar in Jesus' name. Ooh. Amen. Yes. Mm, won't he do it? Won't yeah. he do it? We love you guys so, so very much. Thanks for taking a listen today. We hope that you find freedom from the things you should and should not do. Shut the shit up, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. To share your should, call 315 308 0163. And you may be featured on an upcoming episode. If you've been inspired to stop shitting yourself, head over to iTunes and write a review and just give us all the stars. If there's one thing you're going to should yourself with, you should subscribe to our show so you don't miss an episode. See you next time.